Tonight's DJ and TV show is sponsored in part by Electro Voice, DJ Event Planner, ADJ, NLFX Professional, Promo Only, and DJ and TV Insiders. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's the PHDJ Podcast. The PHDJ Podcast. Featuring Mike Walter. Mike Walter. And Joe Bunn. Joe Bunn. Two industry veterans who have seen it all. And are willing to talk about it each and every week. When we have further information, we'll pass it on to you. The PHDJ Podcast is brought to you by Electro Voice. Electro Voice. And Roland. Roland. And now, now, get ready. Get ready. It's Mike and Joe. Welcome, everybody, to the PHDJ Podcast. My name is Mike, and filling in for Joe Bunn this week is my good friend from Dallas, Texas. Say hello, Glenn Roush. Hi, everybody. How you doing, Glenn? I'm doing great. Yeah? Are you in that? No, you're not in Dallas, right? You're outside of Dallas? I am down south of Austin in a little town called New Braunfels. You actually look and like, if you're watching this on video, you Glenn looks like he's hunkered down in like some some basement, like post-apocalyptic kind of thing. Where are you right it's, now? It's uh, Our house comes with a party barn. Oh, okay. And, uh, and so we've got an actual, well, you can't oh, see Oh, see, that looks more fun. The pool table looks more fun. Yeah, I like that. so I, yeah. I use the pool table because it, it worked for... Uh, it worked for the height and keeping my laptop so I didn't have to touch anything. Gotcha. Uh, versus when we tried to shoot a week ago or two weeks ago, the I was doing it with my phone and my hand was shaking because I was so nervous. So Yeah, so Glenn, Glenn just mentioned that, and, and I just want to give a little preview, especially if we come across at any point in this um, podcast as if it's been rehearsed, uh, because we did this all two weeks ago, We and, and Joe was on that call, but it's been kind of a comedy of errors getting getting Glenn on. Uh, we actually recorded you two weeks ago. We did a whole podcast, and then for some reason, it didn't save the, 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 the I don't know. I don't know what happened. Joe sent it to me, and it was the wrong um, episode and everything else. So then we set up this time and date, and then at the last minute, Joe couldn't make it. So <laughs> I, I made I made an executive decision to say, you know what, Joe? You can skip a week. I, I don't want to put Glenn. Glenn's been nice enough to record once with us, which we screwed up, and now he's, he's set some time aside while you're you're on you're on another family vacation here is that right no this is where i take my my full-time staff and oh this is more for, of a staff to, oh all right very yeah, cool. yeah right. i take my so this is the spot in the summer where dallas is really pretty dead because um now because right it's now, 120 it's, degrees and humid and nobody wants to do anything yeah now today yeah. it's it's today it's actually gonna be a lovely 100 degrees oh but yes, it's, you, it's down to yeah. 100 usually in august we can hit 105 106 pretty easy so not a lot of events and so i take my staff away for a couple of days um and we come down and float the river and just kind of have some team building time hanging out together that's awesome you know um so let's go there first because a couple weeks ago that was one of our questions but we didn't get to it right away I, I've, I've spent a lot of time with you and your crew. You, you've brought me down a few times, and, and I've worked with your guys, and, and we've gone to Cowboy Games, which is one of the reasons why. When Glenn says, hey, you want to come down? I'm like, T- tell me, as long uh, as it's between September and December. Like, I have no interest <laughs> in going to Dallas in May, but if it's if it's a weekend where I could catch a Cowboys game, absolutely. You have a very tight relationship with your crew, obviously. You're, you're taking them floating now this week. Yeah. Does that ever... 
infringe upon your ability to manage them talk about that balancing act because that's a question i get all the time it it does at times there there are definitely situations and times where it can be very challenging and stressful and and honestly i uh, my jennifer my wife will point it out because i'll be carrying a lot of extra stress on me i'll just be a, a a little tension bomb for for a day um and and finally the solution i've kind of come up with is uh, and I, I think, Mike, we've talked about it before. Is uh, I heard Dave Ramsey talk about it, where he talks about teaching an entrepreneur how to talk to your son if, or daughter if they come to work for the company to be able to say, you know, okay, now I'm wearing my boss hat, now I'm wearing my dad hat. Um, and I do the same thing with, with my employees. I just tell them, like, okay, look, we are really good friends, but right now I'm taking my friend hat off, I'm putting my dad uh, or my boss hat on, and we're just I'm just strictly talking to you as your right. boss, as the owner of the company. You messed up. Here's what you need to know. Here's what you need to do to fix it. And then kind of, you know, and then I just kind of have to finish with a, I still love you. We're still cool, but we got to fix this. Right. Yeah. I, I, I think I use the same hat thing. So I don't know whether I heard it from you or you heard it from me or I heard it from Dave Ramsey or we both heard it from Dave Ramsey, but I have literally had conversations and I'm in my office right now. I'm not down in my basement uh, where I've sat people down in this office and I've said, look, man, I got to take my friend hat off for a second and, and put my boss hat on because, you know, there's been a problem here and we have to fix it. And, and I can't have you leaning on, but dude, we're cool. We just went to the Met game the other night. And you know what I mean, <laughs> I, you were in my bridal party. And you know what I mean? Like, like all that stuff. And I think the pros outweigh the cons when it comes to that. Would you agree with me? I fully agree because I think that if done right and if it comes from a genuine place, if you communicate it properly, uh, your team understands. Your team understands that you can still be close and have a great relationship with them and sometimes have to be the heavy, have to be the bad guy because they know that it's our role as the owner, as the boss. Right. Um, and I think as long as we just do it properly, um, and you know, I, I don't, you know, dog cuss them out or do anything crazy like that, but just there are times that you have to have a real conversation, just like for those of you that are, that are, that are listeners that are parents, you know, I'm a parent, I have a four year old and a two year old and you know, they're, them being that little, they're super cute, but then they do stuff that I'm like, okay, we got to stop that. And right. it, Right. The discipline part's hard. Yeah, I, I've, I've seen that. I'm not a parent myself, but I've seen that with some parenting where you, you do have to do the same thing. You you want to love your children and be and, and be supportive and be close to them, but there are times where you have to be the disciplinarian. And in the end, it's for everybody's best interest. You can't just always be the good guy. Well, you know? and I have two boys. I have two boys. They do some funny stuff that they're not supposed to do sometimes. So luckily, Jennifer will step in sometimes and be the heavy because I'm over there just laughing. You have two adorable boys, by the way. Oh, thanks. And a, and a, and a beautiful wife again again my wife and i were down in in dallas uh earlier uh last year and yeah. and got to we had a nice breakfast with your family and yeah awesome good times they're good times. super entertaining yeah yeah so i have talked a lot um on this podcast and i wrote about it in my book about the different places that i look for to find talent i've talked about how um I, i've recruited teachers and and um singers if i if i see somebody singing in a coffee house i'm you know and i think they have talent i have never thought to recruit a mascot and <laughs> and that and that is your background and it fascinates me every time you tell this story so tell us about your before you dj'd right you were yeah a mascot for a number of different teams you even did it professionally how did that tell us about that experience and how did it shape your uh entertainment savvy if you will yeah no no so everybody always wants to know how i got into it and the answer is not very good it was just the cheerleaders in high school asked me to do it and i, I me, think that's the greatest answer ever 
Yeah, well, yeah. and I was like hanging around with pretty girls. Yeah, I'm, I'm in on that. And I, I always like to kind of cut up and be the class clown. Um, so I got recruited to do it. I did it in high school. Um, I loved it. So I did it at Baylor. And then while I was at Baylor, uh, I was there during some really, really bad sports years. Um, and our football team just used to get schlacked. And so we ha- we hosted uh, the University of Oklahoma, OU, and they beat us like 66 to 3 or something insane like that. And their sports writer wrote in the alumni magazine that the best part of the game was watching the Baylor mascot entertain the crowd. And so there was a Minnesota uh, alumni of OU, and they had an opening, and they were like, you should call this guy. And before I knew it, I was the Minnesota Timberwolf. So that, as you're telling that story, it actually makes me think. So is that the same as when we as DJs, and maybe I'm the only one that ever admits to this, but has have a rough event and hardly anybody's dancing, and you have to basically keep plugging away and keep a smile on your face and keep trying and keep trying to get people dancing. It's the same type of thing, because when your team is getting shellacked and you're the mascot, I'm sure the last thing you want to do is you know be the dancing clown and, and try to work the crowd, right? But you kept doing it. But it, it, there are some, there is a little bit of applicability because it switches from trying to do lots of stuff for a larger crowd on the main – like basketball is the big one – on the main floor. Um, but you switch to working the crowd a little bit more and interacting with the crowd a little bit more, which I think is applicable for DJs because you switch from, okay, the, this party is not going great instead of trying to focus on getting a mass of people on the dance floor. Let me focus on interacting with – a handful of people and see if I can't draw in um, some influencers to, to help me get this thing kind of going. Right. Um, as a mascot, you just you would get in the crowd during bad games and find kids and families and interact. And honestly, it was good. I you know a lot of I got a lot of eyeballs because I was mascotting for a bunch of really bad teams that people were like, uh, this is brutal. I mean, sixty six to three is a just a beating in football. Yeah, and I guess when you're sitting in the stands of a sixty six three game, you you obviously don't need to pay attention to the <laughs> the action on the field anymore. So what else can I look at? And yeah. the, and the cheerleaders and the mascot become one of those things. I mean, it's 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 a distraction. You know, it's like either hit the road early or hey, let's watch this guy. You know. It was just hard because you're in a furry costume, and, and it's and again in Texas, 100 degrees, so it, the heat factor is is rough. But you just keep going and you just keep pressing through. I always loved the fact that I loved the anonymity. I loved the fact that people didn't know who it was that was in there because it just made it fun to interact with someone without actually having to know each ever each little detail of it. And especially kids, they light up about it and. Right. Um, all these parents are bringing their kids back to show them their their alma mater, and they always want to get a picture with you. So there's lots of excitement and energy. Um, I loved it. I loved the time, but you know, it just I was I was done with it after a point. <laughs> I I never appreciated the uh, hot factor inside of those uh, outfits or costumes until a number of years ago. Uh, Rutgers obviously is one of the big colleges up here, and the Rutgers I think it's their mascot is the Devil, the Jersey Devil, and he showed up at one of my weddings and he danced around and we you know we uh, brainstormed beforehand and he told me like two or three songs that he does. I had him lead a conga line, and then when he was done, I said, "Hey man, let's get a picture" because I wanted to use it in a blog, and I literally put my my arm around this guy to get a picture and I was like oh my god he's soaking wet <laughs> from sweat and it wasn't I mean it was an I think it was a November wedding so the the room itself wasn't even that hot but and he was inside yeah and you, you could feel the sweat through that costume so outdoors in a, in a on a hot day I don't know how you I mean you got to stay hydrated and and uh yeah I'm sure you're dying in there 
Yeah, I mean, truth be told, I didn't have a, a huge social life in college. I, it took me a while to figure out the whole talking to girls thing. Um, but it, it was a good excuse to not go to parties because I, I would get invited to stuff, and I was like, guys, I got to go shower and rehydrate. And, and it'll take me an hour to stop sweating. And yeah, yeah. Pretty much. I mean, I, you were losing insane amounts of water. So right. you're, drink, you're drinking the whole time, you're drinking water the whole time, and still having to spend a significant amount of time afterwards rehydrating because right. you're losing right. so much liquid. Can't imagine. So um, when we recorded this two weeks ago, I asked you for a prediction uh, for the Cowboy season. You and I are both pretty big Dallas Cowboy fans. And I think you said uh, 11 and 5 at the time. No, I I thought I went ten and six. I think I went aggressive right. at ten and six. Well, the, well, the the you're you're lucky enough that the uh, the recording has been lost to whatever technology, so I can't uh-huh. go back and check. But all right, eleven and five, ten and six, and I said at the time I think we were going to play five hundred ball, so eight and eight, maybe nine and seven if we're lucky. Now, since then, some news has broken, and specifically, the Cowboys all of a sudden seem to be in the eye of the storm of this national anthem kneeling staying in the um staying in the uh dugout or or um clubhouse before coming out in that jerry jones has come out and said that any player uh who who kneels or doesn't come out for the national anthem can be cut i think he even said it's going to be disciplined and maybe even cut and our quarterback has said he will stand and respect the flag so I, I so first of all, does that change your prediction now that the Cowboys are going to have, a, I think, a little bit of controversy around them if some of their players decide to continue the protest and kneel? Is does that change your optimistic outlook? It absolutely does because I think that. Uh, so it's funny we did that. We did the podcast, and then I think it was think literally it was, the next day because I texted I you. And I'm was. like, want to change your prediction, Glenn? <laughs> you know, and I did. Yeah, when I, uh, and and really. Because with Jerry and Stephen Jones coming out and saying truly as much as they did and being so much on the attack for something that the NFL was already already struggling with and the NFLPA is already struggling with, the NFL had already set rules and guidelines for the teams to follow, and then Jerry and Stephen are coming out and saying, no, we're going to go hard. We're going to enforce this thing beyond what was already agreed to. Um, I think it's a huge distraction for the players. I mean, why are they having to t- talk about this in training camp when they should have blinders on right. thinking about this season in football? And we have the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles, which I hate to say those words, yeah. but we have them in our conference. We have to play them twice. Right. We have to get past them to go anywhere. We need to be focused on them. Right. And, you know, maybe the Giants get better. I don't know that the Redskins get better because I think their coaching situation is a little nutty, but, um, and also, you know, racist shirts, but whatever. Um, well, and they also <laughs> let their quarterback go, which it, it blows me away. I mean, I, I, I Cousins, right? Was, uh, the, yeah, I, Cousins. And I, I don't think he was the greatest quarterback ever, but to me, he was a, he was an above average quarterback. And how do you let a game? And he obviously knew your system because he played there for a couple of years. How you just, let a guy like that walk blow, just blew me away you know the viking and the vikings are tickled pink to have yeah him. yeah won, tons of guaranteed money they saw a lot of value in him but switching back to the cowboys i think that what jerry and steven are doing i think it's a massive distraction for their players that they that you know they don't really need to be involved in those guys need to be well let's face it if, if you're if you politically know the situation basically steven and jerry are agreeing with our president and and they're playing into that and and i've heard jerry say that he's heard 
Donald Trump say that this is a winning platform for him. He, Donald Trump knows that when he makes a statement about players kneeling down and disrespecting the flag and, and disrespecting our military, that it's a you know he's playing to his base and a lot of his supporters and even people in the middle kind of agree with Trump on this and disagree with the players. So it is whenever this situation comes up online, people ask me, well, what would you do if you had DJs who for some reason were protesting something at your events. Let's face it, they're working. They're they're not on their own social time. So I know this is kind of thin ice, and if you don't want to go there, feel free to, to kind of gloss over it. But, but how would you answer that question? If there was some local protest in Dallas that a couple of your DJs wanted to get involved in, and by doing so, they were, I don't know, kneeling down during the first dance. I'm just throwing out a stupid scenario. And then that was getting LaForce bad publicity. Would you attempt to squelch them would you attempt to find them what would your reaction to that or would you just say hey man it's free speech i i might not support the cause but i support the first amendment how would you handle that situation man my 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 gut is is super conflicted on that because luckily and fortunately what we do i think there is a massive separation between a private event performing, which is what I would coach my DJs on, why it's inappropriate to kneel during the first dance, because this is someone's private event, not a public event. I mean, when we're talking, when you've been to a Cowboys game and they pack that place with 95,000 people, that is a absolutely public event, televised, um, massive platform versus our DJs, 100 people trying to send a message that's uh, absolutely going to get lost. Um, I think that it's just a real... I, I, so I listened to a podcast, um, How I Built This, from NPR Guy Raz, and Arthur Blank, the owner, former owner of Home Depot, now the owner of the Atlanta Falcons, um, he was discussing it. And I really liked his take on it because he talked about the fact that and, – and I share this. I don't love the kneeling during the national anthem. I don't uh, – there's still for me a little bit of a disconnect on on that section. But, but Arthur Blank touches on first and foremost – that he loves this country and I love this country and impeding on someone's first amendment rights is, is, is for him a Mm non-starter. So for him, he, he doesn't love the kneeling, but he doesn't want to take away from people's first amendment rights. I think for us, you know, Mike, the discussion I'd love to have with you is more around like, you know, as an owner, how, how do you think about it? Because for us, we look at it, and I've seen a lot of DJs posting online and, and, and posting on some of the stuff that you post on Facebook about, you know, well, he's the boss. He's the owner. He can just fire them. He cannot pay them. He can do this. He can do that. You know, but for me, as a Cowboys fan who grew up in Dallas loving the Cowboys, I think about, okay, but when we go into free agency in 2019, mm-hmm. there are a lot of incredibly talented black NFL football players that I would love to come play for the Cowboys. Right. And and, and, and if you're on record at, and let's face it, even before that, if, if the threat is you kneel and we cut you, what happens if Dak Prescott kneels? Now he's on record as saying he won't, but are, are we really going to cut our starting quarterback 
because of a controversy. Like now, maybe Jerry would, but but you know, you talk, you know, you think about talent and and what your ultimate goal is to win football games. Are you really going to cut one of your main guys just to send a message? It would be kind of crazy. But in the same vein, uh, ratings were down last year. Now, when I say ratings are down, believe me, the NFL still has more. There, any sport would trade for the NFL's fan base. Any television show would would take the NFL's ratings. So it, it is down, but it's down pretty marginally. But it is it is down, and you could say that maybe this issue is one of the reasons. So if these owners are seeing something that they used to have a monopoly on getting chipped away, I think that's their main. I think that's the main reason they react. If if ratings weren't down and people supported this issue, I think owners would just say First Amendment. Let the players do what they do. And I and I think that I think that Jerry truly believes that players should stand for the national anthem. I think that the other side of it is is that he is a really good shill, and so I think some of this and going to the press is he wants to get a lot of those MAGA supporters to buy into to America's team. And, and, and believe me, Glenn, that ha- when I because I posted about this on Facebook and a number of people who hate the Cowboys said, hey, I'm going to have to start rooting for the Dallas Cowboys now. So a number of people who are on this side of the issue you, and, and don't like the Cowboys, all of a sudden, Jerry Jones is a hero. So, and, yeah, I mean, there is something to that. And let's face it, da- Texas is a red state, right? I mean, you guys always go Republican, so he's p- basically playing to his base down there. I would dare say that you if you polled every Dallas Cowboy fan, most of them trend conservative and red. That would be my guess. Yeah, I would say that's a... But then again, I would say that about... I would say that about most NFL fans, not just the Dallas Cowboys. I think most... You know, the demographics of your typical NFL fan probably trends conservative and, and red, I would imagine. Just I like say- just like the, the, the... I'm sorry to cut you off, but just like the, okay. if you polled most Broadway uh, theater goers, they probably trend liberal. I don't think that's making any kind of horrible, stereotypical statement, is it? It's it's not, but it's it's with this being Texas, for people that haven't been to Texas, people that haven't been to Dallas, Dallas is actually a very diverse accepting city we have a very large and strong gay population that has a wonderful parade that, and and they have a, a section and neighborhood of, of dallas that is highly embraced that people love um so it, it's not the city that people associate with the jfk assassination and so while a lot of the season ticket holders at at&t are definitely going to fall into that vote red all day, every day, Trump supporter, et cetera. Dude, I've been to I've been to AT&T Stadium. If you don't have a pickup truck, you ain't getting in. Like, they literally, if you showed up at AT&T Stadium with a Prius, they would throw you the hell out of there. So just the vehicle demographics alone kind of tells me a little bit about your your typical Dallas I mean, Cowboy fan, and, and of which I am, so I feel like I can make that. I moment. mean, you've seen it. Jerry shows up in a helicopter. Like, you're, well, we're yeah. tailgating, and he comes right. in his helicopter, and that's right. how he gets to the game. Right. But there's, I was going to say, there's also this massive Hispanic population in Texas that diehard loves the Cowboys that absolutely does not vote red. So now they may not be buying seat licenses, but they buy a lot of t-shirts and a lot of swag. 
Uh, they watch television and they they bring a lot of ad revenue from that regard. So, so ultimately, do you think Jerry hurt his cause or helped his cause or, or it's neutral? As, and when I say his cause, I mean fan base, um, ratings, popularity, all that. I think he helped ratings. I don't think that it helped popularity because I think that you have a lot of I, – I, I still feel – and I know that we all associate – you know, other people with ourselves, but I think that there's a whole lot of me's out in the world that are these, they're more centrist than, than the TV would let you to, to lead, to believe. Like for me, I believe that we can disagree without being divided. I don't feel like we have to be so divided just to not agree on something. And I think that, um, I think that these are tough issues. And I, for me, I think that we need to do something about immigration. I absolutely think that we need to do something about immigration and we need to create a much better process and we need to have a better process for getting people out that should not be here. Mm-hmm. At the same time, we shouldn't be separating children from their parents. I, 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 have I, a think four-year-old I would agree with you 100%. I think it's a problem that we that needs a fix, but that's the wrong fix. I think we can I, I think most decent people could agree with that. And and, and so I think that uh, and, and I think that also, like for me, when, when Kaepernick started taking a knee, if you look at my Facebook, when Kaepernick started taking a knee and I didn't fully understand why he was taking a knee and kind of what his message was, I was super against it. I, I'll come out and admit that I was super against it. But in the light of today and the information that I know today, I understand that I can't speak for a life that I've never lived and a struggle that I've never had. I've, you know, I, I have uh, I have a number of black guys on my team, and I love them to death. And to hear them tell their stories about being pulled over by a cop versus me, it's you know very simple. They get my license and registration. They don't ask me a lot of questions other than, "Do you know I pulled you over?" Right. And that's it. Right. And so to hear them tell their stories, I'm just like. God, what is this world that we live in? Yeah, you know, I give Kaepernick respect for this reason. First of all, it's cost him his career, no doubt. I mean, if you take the kneeling controversy away, he would have gotten an opportunity with another team after he left the 49ers. I mean, he had a Super Bowl appearance on his resume. He, you know, he may have, his career may have been trending down, but so was RG3, and RG3 got a contract with the Cleveland Browns, so, uh, who who are still, by the way, in the NFL, if you can believe it or not. Uh, but, But, so, RG3 got another opportunity, Kaepernick did. And I think the only difference there is that Kaepernick was involved in this kneeling down controversy. And so I'll give him credit for this. It's cost him his career. But if his goal was to make this part of the national conversation, he's done that. Now, I think there's a great job of diverting it by saying, oh, if you kneel, you disrespect the military and you disrespect our flag. I disagree with that because that's not what Kaepernick was trying to do all along. He wasn't disrespecting our military. His point was, I can't stand up and salute the flag when I feel there's injustice being done to people of color, especially by law enforcement. Now, you can agree or disagree with that that statement, but but that was his message all along. It wasn't, I don't like our military. That's why I'm not standing up. And and so to bring this back, Mike, the argument that I would make to any of your listeners that are very strong in favor of what Jerry and some of the people are doing about being against kneeling during the anthem, my point to you, and especially for those of you that are DJ owners, is this is the same as having DJ employees and that I want these guys to want to stand for the anthem because they love and are proud of this country and what it represents. And just like with it's, it's easy for us to jump into a spot of as business owners to say, well, if my DJs did that, 
boom, gone, whatever. Or they, and, and not even, right. we don't, we don't have a great equivalent for kneeling during the national anthem, but you know, our DJs do some knucklehead things sometimes, but a lot of them are highly, highly compensated employees for, for what we do. Mm-hmm. And, um, and an element we need them. And I, I want people that want to work for me. You know, you and I had a discussion uh, a couple weeks ago in SoCal about the fact that, you know, for you, we're on the same, we're aligned there and that we want our, our DJs, our employees to want to work for us, not just to come simply because we give them a paycheck because our, we want our events to be amazing. I want people that want to be at my clients events and want them to have a spectacular, wonderful time. And that's the same thing with when we're talking about all this NFL stuff is I want great players to want to come to play for the Cowboys, and I want us to be a beacon of light. And I want people that want to be here. I want people that want to be in this country. And and you know, a lot of people get stuck on talking about the wall and stuff like that. I'm like, these people want to come to this country not to commit crimes. They want to come to this country to seek a better life. So isn't that kind of the American way? Dude, way to tie it together, Glenn. That was <laughs> well done. I was We were starting to go down this path. I'm like, how am I going to bring this back to business and DJ? That was beautifully done. <laughs> if I wasn't holding this microphone, I would literally give you a round of applause. Great job. So so why don't we end the podcast with, I know I asked you to prepare this. So hopefully you've got something. What, can you share a piece of advice? You have been extremely successful as far as I know you. You've built an amazing company down in, in Dallas. I haven't even given give you an opportunity to to give your resume but anyone that's interested look up LaForce they are kicking ass down in Dallas and and um and, and really have done tremendous things in a short amount of time what can you offer our listeners piece of advice that has helped you be incredibly successful um to to listen to your people focus on your people the more you uh, and I felt victim to this over uh uh, kind of mid 2017 to a few months ago of getting so focused on how do we grow and how do we scale and how how do we do those things to be able to drive more revenue and all those kind of things and at the end of the day what i realized was the more you focus on the events and focus on your team the more you focus on the micro level the macro level stuff tends to kind of figure itself out because we all think that we need to have this recipe for, uh, you know, to how to build this company that does this. But if, if you cook or if you have a spouse that cooks, or if you ever watched your mother or dad cook growing up, you know, cooking is all about little things, you know, getting the right amount of salt, not too much salt, not all the salt you have, but getting the right amount of salt into whatever it is you're making and getting this spice. And so, you know, really, a lot of DJs, and I and I see this in my own market. I see DJs that want to grow from being a single op to a multi op, and they go post an ad on any job website, and they go try to hire three or four or five people to come onto their team to be DJs, and then the cycle repeats in about six to eight months. I see them posting that same thing again mm-hmm. because they wanted to hire people and expand, and they didn't have enough events, enough work to keep those people busy and by turn keep them happy and so they train people and then they lose people and they start all over again versus if you focus on hire one dj and build them and get them up and moving and then deal with the next one don't worry about like for me we have 20 djs don't worry about trying to be a company with 20 djs just trying to be a company with another dj and keeping them nice and busy not just they're doing an event once a month try to get them working 
as much as possible almost every weekend because they're going to be super happy and they're going to generate more referrals. All right. Great stuff, Glenn. Appreciate it. So Thanks, I'm gonna man. I'm gonna ask you a, a shameless question. You were were you on at our first PhDJ workshop or the second one? I know you I know you're a graduate. You were at the very yeah. first one. So first of all, thank you. That was it was very. We had no um, road. Uh, we we had no reputation at that point and no roadmap to look back on and and no people that had graduated already to say it was worth it. So it was a leap of faith and I appreciated it. It showed a lot of faith in in Joe and I. Tell the listeners who might be considering Considering going to our workshop in March next year, what did you get out of it? Hopefully, some positive things, and, and would you recommend it? Uh, I absolutely rec- would recommend it. Uh, you know, keep in mind that the year that I attended, um, my company was already decent big. I think that I think the first year I attended, we did a million in revenue that year. So, I mean, um, you know, decent sized company, and I took away so much from this conference and and the thing i love about it is and now you're doing it in vegas is the next one right yep. we'll do it at and the if, tail end of mobile beat yeah okay cool and if and i i took it in raleigh which raleigh is an absolute wonderful gem of a city um you know i i obviously love vegas um but the conference is just so valuable because you have joe and mike just opening up everything which is is huge because as a dj and really moving from the level 101, 201 stuff to the 301, 401. For what we do, you guys do a good job of bringing it into a classroom setting because you come in and show the result, but you talk about what you do, which is incredible because you tell a story in the way of education so that people can kind of put themselves in that, those shoes to figure out, okay, I I may not want to do this piece, but I do I do like this element because some of us you know, may know other, like for me, I had a few other DJs early on that I could recruit from. And some people just have to start from the ground level. Um, and, and it's, it's two great masterminds in that, you know, you guys complement each other very well. Cause Joe is incredible when it comes to sales and marketing and you are incredible. You, you're good at sales and marketing, but you're incredible when it back comes the house. to yep. developing yep. DJs back of house, yep. all that kind of stuff. So it's a good, it's a really good yin and yang um, which is, I'm glad you guys recognize that because it's, you know, a lot of times, and, and you see this with companies that partner up and DJs that partner up and they're both front of house. And when you have right. two front of house guys, all they do is just right. bang into each other, right. stepping on each other's toes. There's a phenomenal movie was out probably over 10 years ago called big night. Uh, it's a, it's a restaurant movie and it's two brothers who open a restaurant. One is the amazing chef and he's, the back of the house guy, he cooks the most incredible. And then the other guy is the perfect host, you know, perfect maitre d. And it just the the dichotomy between their two talents is amazing. And and I think Joe and I had that a little bit. And and a lot of our attendees, our past attendees, have said the best part of the workshop is when he and I disagree. When there there are things that he does differently than I, because you get a chance to see both sides, and yeah. both sides are successful. I mean, he's got a great company down in Raleigh. Uh, we're doing very well up here in New Jersey. So there's no right answer and you get to kind of pick and choose. Oh, maybe I'll have my DJ sell for me. Let me listen to Joe's way or let me I'll just let me just have a few people in the office selling. Let me listen to Mike's way. So there are a number of different. And, and if you are a regular listener of this podcast, I'm sure. Hey, you've heard we things. have we have AV lighting and production. And I will tell you, there are times, Joe Bunn, I miss you being on here right now. There are times that I hear Joe Bunn on my shoulder talking about how he just focuses that yeah. I can hear Joe Bonas country accent saying that's why I don't mess with that stuff <laughs> because yeah. he's smart. He focuses on his, his little spectrum there of the DJs and just a tiny bit of lighting. 
and he makes them all really good. And if if you ever get the opportunity to be in Raleigh with Joe Bunn, it is like being at Cheers with Norm. Yeah, because you everybody go knows him. Everybody, everyone yep. knows yeah. him. Yeah, I mean the that first conference, we're there, and that was really where I met Joe. Remember I that we were walking well. down the street, and these yes. two ladies, hey Joe, we were like, you set that up, man. There's <laughs> no way that happened, but it did. It. And I've I've been to Raleigh now with him a handful of times, and I think it happens every single time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's he, a smaller town, so that there he's got that going for him. But he has done an amazing job of putting getting his own brand out there and his and his own name yeah but you i think about it in terms of and if any of your if any of your listeners are other djs in raleigh i put myself in your shoes and i'm like damn like this guy has established himself he's been here for so long he's kind of the dj mayor of this whole region yeah and he and he's just he's just because he connects with people and by and and i want to bring this back by staying in his lane and focusing on what he does best, all of the other vendors in his market love him and refer him because they know that he's not going to kind of, oh, drift over into floral or offer planning. Right. or right. He's going to stay in his lane, and they love that. All right. All right. Enough kissing Joe Bunn's ass. He he missed this episode, so hopefully he listens back. He doesn't listen back when he's on, but so hopefully he'll <laughs> listen to this one and hear us kiss his ass. Glenn, thank you very much. I know you're thank I know you're on a business trip with your guys. Please tell your crew I said hello. Uh, I love those guys. I, I look forward to seeing them all again. I just saw Nate uh, and and Ed out in uh, in California, so it's always great to Nothing see your crew. We'll see you in Vegas. If we don't I see will you. see you in Vegas if not before. Glenn, thank you for filling in for Joe. I appreciate yeah. it. Love all you, right. Brother. Have a great one. Bye. Thanks for listening to the PHDJ Podcast with Joe Bunn and Mike Walter. The PHDJ Podcast is brought to you by Electro Voice. Electro Voice. And Roland. Roland. For more info on their workshop and how you can take your business to the next level, visit phdjworkshop.com and follow them on Instagram at earnyourphdj.